look at some different things this evening as uh, we've considered what our brother Glenn has brought before us, the fact that only the Lord Jesus is needed in whatever situation we're in, that he is sufficient for every moment. But I wonder as we begin a new year, where should our thoughts be found? What are we supposed to be occupied with? You know, we often hear that the Lord is coming again. And I wonder if the reality of that has gripped my own soul. That I am confident in my faith, knowing that the Lord is coming again. His promise to return for us, but while we're waiting for him, how are our hearts occupied? When we're waiting for, while we're waiting for him, are there turmoils that would detract us? Do we have this confidence because he has said it? You know, I think of that verse in Deuteronomy chapter 7. In the fact of the children of Israel being in Egypt and they were led out of Egypt. But you know, sometimes things happen the in between and that's what sometimes concerns us. In, we know after they were told that they were going to go into Canaan. And I'm trying to find the verse that I'm looking for. Give me one minute. Yes, it's in Deuteronomy chapter six. And we'd like to spearhead our, the message with that verse. In verse 23 of Deuteronomy chapter six, it says, and he brought us out from thence that he might bring us in to give us the land which he swore unto our fathers. And so the promise to the children of Israel when he led them out of Egypt, he did not leave them in the wilderness for them to be destroyed in the wilderness. They had to go through the wilderness Scripture tells us it was to try them. But here we see that verse, he brought us out from thence that he might bring us in. And I'd like us to think about that for a moment, that the Lord Jesus did not save us to leave us in the scene, did he? You know, many of the scriptures as we go throughout scripture, we see somewhat of the return of the Lord Jesus. That he's coming again. But throughout the passage from here to eternity, from being saved to when he comes for us, there's lots of struggles. But how do we react to these struggles? How is our faith when these struggles come and these circumstances? 
You know, in the Gospel of John, chapter 12, I'm sorry, chapter 14, well-known scripture to us, for us, it tells us that, and I'll read the verses in chapter 14 of the Gospel of John. He says to his own, he had just told them that he was going to leave. And here their hearts would have been sad. But then he gave them this promise. He says, let not your hearts be troubled. As we look around, we see COVID, we see this, we see that. The heart can be troubled, you know. But all the assurance from the Lord Jesus, and it's an assurance to have at the beginning of the year, that we will not be left here. So he says in verse 1, let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. Then it goes on to say, in my father's house are many abodes. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. That place, at the time when he wrote, when this was said, the Lord Jesus had not died. He had not gone back to glory. But now there's a man in the glory and the place is prepared. He went and the place is now prepared, just waiting for that day when, as was said in prayer, or I think, or Brother Glenn might have mentioned it, he that comes will come and not delay. Sometimes we look at things from through our lens. Remember, a thousand years to the Lord is like a day. A day is like a thousand years. For us, a thousand years is a thousand years, a long time. But so from the Lord made this promise, it has been over 2,000 years. But our hearts should not be faint. We should take courage because we know his word is sure. His word is real. What he says, he will do. So he tells us in verse 3 that if he goes and prepares a place, he will come again to receive us unto himself. What would be the purpose if he went to prepare it and was there by himself? So he has gone, he has prepared that place, but it tells us he's coming again to take us to be with himself, that where he is, so will we always be, and it will be for eternity. We know in Thessalonians that those young converts, they turned to God from idols and they waited for the Lord Jesus to come. But while they were waiting, there were certain things that occupied them. And so the question is for our own hearts, what is occupying our hearts now in the between? If we, you know, because the promises are yea and amen. Many times in the scriptures we see, he says, Behold, I quickly come in Revelations, and so forth. In the Gospel of Mark, and remember, we read the first that I've led you out to lead you in. In the Gospel of Mark, chapter 4, we see a, a sense of this, and we see the disciples' attitude in regards to circumstances. 
And I won't discuss faith tonight because that's a whole subject by itself. But as we look in chapter four of the Gospel of Mark, it says, the Lord says in verse 35, and when the day, when the same day, when the evening was come, he said unto them, let us pass over onto the other side. I'd like for application just to say that the other side for us can be going home. So he says, let us pass over on the other side. And then it tells us, and then when they had sent away the multitude, they took him even, even as he was in the ship. And they were also with him other little ships. And there arose a great storm of wind and the waves beat into the ship so that it was now full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship asleep on a pillow. And they wake him and say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, Why are ye so fearful? How is it that ye have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said one to another, What man of man is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? And they came over unto the other side of the sea. He said, let us go to the other side. Verse five, verse one of chapter five says, and they came over onto the other side. He has said, and he will do. He has promised to come back for us, and he will. But there's that in-between period, and what it is that concerns us or occupies our hearts so sometimes our faith fail. Is there anything that's happening today that causes my heart, causes my faith to fail? What causes that to happen? Isn't it when we take our eyes off him and when we see the circumstances instead of him that is in the boat? Think about it. It said there was other little ships on that sea of Galilee. It seems as if they, through the turbulence, something awful happened to those ships because they didn't have the Lord of life and glory. They didn't have the one who holds us in their ship. So we hear nothing about the ship, those other ships, but we hear about the ship that the disciples were in and more importantly, the Lord was in. You know, the little chorus says, with Jesus in the boat, we can smile at the storm. Do we truly smile at the storm when they come? Or do we get troubled and perturbed by them because we've taken our eyes off the Lord? You know, Peter uttered what was on all of their hearts. Peter said, Carest not that we perish. The Lord Jesus, everything was in God's hands for him, in his father's hands. And nothing could disturb his, the peace that he had because he knew his father was in control. And so 
you know, the tiredness shows his humanity. But then he was in the hinder part of the boat sleeping. And the waves came. The question is, what are the circumstances today that are upon us, that are upon you, that are upon me, that would cause me to fear and my faith to fail? You have to think about that yourself. You need to know that for yourself. But what is it that causes trepidation? And how do you respond? How do I respond? How do we respond to these things? And we see Peter's heart, and I believe we see that with all the other disciples, because Peter seemed to have been the spokesperson. And Peter would say, Lord, carest not that we perish. Could you imagine that question? I wonder if in our own hearts, do we pose that question? We'd say to the Lord, Lord, don't you care what's happening to me? Don't you care what I'm going through? Don't you care what's upon us? You know, you have the COVID. And we know many of our brethren has gotten it. Some have gone home to be with the Lord. The Lord has brought some out of it. It has caused some to have lost jobs. Other things, not knowing where the next meal would be coming from. How am I going to pay the mortgage? How am I going to pay the rent? But what does your faith do? Are we like these who little faith? Or in this case, no faith? Have we forgotten what the Lord has promised, that he's coming again to take us to himself? That he says, the very hairs of our heads are numbered. That he has said, the sparrow that's not even worth, two sparrows is not even worth a farthing. And yet he takes knowledge of any sparrow that falls to the ground. He speaks about the flowers of the field. None of them arrayed, no one arrayed as them, and yet they're here today, gone tomorrow. But what about us? Do we know and are we assured in our own souls that whatever comes about, it is he that has allowed it, he has brought it about, he has allowed it for our good, you know, there's so many wonderful verses in the scriptures that we speak them quite freely. But I wonder, is it having an effect upon my life? When the verse says, for we know, so it's not something that I think I know, but the scripture is very positive. It says, we know, Romans chapter 8. It says, what can separate us from the love of God? But Romans 8, in Romans 8 as well, but Romans 8, 28 and 29 says, we know that all things work together for good to them that love the Lord. It didn't say the things are good, but it says it works together for good for them that love the Lord because it's having a purpose. It's causing us to be shaped like the Lord Jesus so that we might be conformed to him. That's the purpose of these things. 
and the Lord who know, knows what we need brings these things into our lives individually, separately. Each of us have things that come into our lives because that is what is necessary to shape me and to form me for things to be put off so that I can be more like the Lord Jesus. So these are some of the reasons why circumstances come up on us. Number one, to show God's goodness that he's able to take care of the situation because if these situations didn't come on, would we know that he's able to? But he brings these up to show that he can take care of them. He also promised, he didn't promise to take us out of circumstances, but his promise to take us, go through them with us. So the Lord Jesus says in John 14, I'm coming again to take you with, to be where I am. In Deuteronomy, we read where it says, he led them out to lead them in. The wilderness was in between the leading out of Egypt to leading them into the promised land. But it was there to try them, to make them see who they are and what they are. Circumstances in these days are to try us, to test us, to see if we really know who we are. To know as, you know, it's amazing that Peter said, cares not that we perish. To consider throughout the years with him, the Lord Jesus took care of them. In every respect, he took care of them. And yet they would say, cares not that we perish. I wonder if those, sometimes those lingering thoughts are not in my own heart. And it would show itself by the way I try to help myself. As Brother Glenn said, you know, we only need Christ. We don't need anything else to help us. We have him to help us along. But do we sometimes try to help him in our circumstances? And we do this and we do that. And as was mentioned, prayer. The last thing we do is pray because we've tried everything else. And then we say, well, I have nothing better to do but to pray. Or should we be found praying first when these circumstances come upon us? So just a thought, brethren, that he has led us out to lead us in. He's promised that he's coming again because he's prepared a place. He's coming again to take us to be with himself so that we will ever be with him. To consider the cost to himself to make us his own. Remember when Saul persecuted the church, the Lord said, Saul, why are you persecuting me? That shows us that we are on his heart at all times. So all these circumstances and situations that are coming upon us throughout these days before he returns, we can have every confidence that he is coming back. The scripture says, look up because your salvation draweth nigh. It's closer than when you began. We don't know when, but we know it's his long suffering that has caused him not to come because He's not willing that any should perish. You know, sometimes I wonder 
And if there's any on the line who knows not the Lord Jesus as Savior, how do you go on with all these situations and not having somebody to take care of you in them? But beloved, we have a wonderful Savior who has gone into death for us. So therefore, we should know that he cares for us. We can have that peace in our souls. And you know, the wonderful thing, before the Lord Jesus would correct, he would take care of the situation. So he still, that which was causing concern, and then you'd say, oh, you have no faith. And so the Lord Jesus, in his gentle way, he would take care of the situation, and then he'd correct us. But oh, beloved, as we have begun a new year, trust that our hearts might be drawn more and more to the fact that the Lord Jesus says, behold, I quickly come. And like the bride and the spirit in Revelation would say, come Lord Jesus, for his name's sake. Amen. 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 Amen.